But the book of Job, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, this was my favorite book. It was my favorite book. It was about Job and his suffering. And uh, I was like, wow, what's going on? My first book was the book of Job. The book of Job. <laughs> and uh, but thanks be to God, he gave me the revelation of it. It has nothing to do with just Job's suffering. It has to do with God's faithfulness and his sovereignty and how his friends were supposed to be a gift to him. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and, uh, and how that works. So. Uh, the book of Job, chapter 37, is going to be our text, our title, and our theme is snow, but our title for this message is Let It Snow. Let It Snow. Uh, are you at Job 37 yet? Job 37. I want to show you that snow is in the Bible, amen. So some of you think, man, they have lost their mind, but snow is in the Bible, and we're going to dissect, and we're going to uh, receive all God has for us this morning. Job 37, verse 5. Let me read these scriptures to you, please, as you listen. We're going to start from verse number, uh, excuse me, verse 6. Excuse me, Job 37, verse 6. For to the snow, he says, fall on the earth. I can close the Bible right there and say, see, snow's in the Bible. But let's continue. Into the downpour of the rain... Be strong. Verse 7, he seals the hand of every man that all men may know his work. See that? No job that they may know his work. Someone say, I'm going to work my gift. So let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. Verse 8, then the beast goes into its lair. And remains in its den. We're just going to stop right there. Father, we thank you for the blessing of your word. We pray that you will give me wisdom, courage, and confidence to declare this word that not only do I communicate, but I connect, Lord. Open our eyes to see the word and open our hearts to receive the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Job 37, verse uh, 6, 7, and 8 is where we uh, capture a conversation that's taking place with Job's friends. They're trying to bring reason to Job's situation. They're trying to explain to Job perhaps why he's in this predicament. And we need friends, we do. I've often told you, and I'll say it again, because you are a gift to the body of Christ, you can't do life alone. I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. That isolation spirit that wants you to go into your cave and hide. And have your pity party. No, break the violin and break the uh, record player. We are meant to do life together. We're meant to do life together. So here's Job's friends, they're doing their best trying to explain to Job as he is sitting in boils and as his family has been interrupted and as his faith is being challenged, even his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? Um, and Job says, and don't try this husband, you've got to be in the spirit to say this, you talk like a foolish woman, come on somebody and... Um, Got to be in the spirit if you're going to talk like that or you get a frying pan upside your head. Amen. So you got you to know. But what he was saying was that where you're speaking from is not from God. You're, you're being under the influence um, of, of what's going on. So, so we need friends. We, we, we do. We need friends. And they were doing their best explaining to Job um, the character of God. The character of God. And so here is the litmus test for authentic friendships. Are they declaring the goodness of God over your life? They're not denying your situation that you're in, but what they're doing is they're acknowledging that God is bigger than your situation. They're not minimizing your pain. They're saying that God is bigger than your pain. And so here it is now that they were spending a number of chapters in Job 
explaining this. And so here they're explaining the character of God, and in doing that, they have to look at the elements. They've got to look at the outward and see what's going on. Someone say, let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. I'm not speaking today from the song that was written as I was doing my research in California, I believe in 1945. A hot day in California, these individuals were uh, sitting and writing these lyrics, and he said, hey, let's do a song about what it means to enjoy a snow day. A snow day. So it's interesting, as I was looking at the song, I was studying, and I was like, is this not even a Christmas song? Does this song even reflect Christ? Now, before you throw your things at me, I'm not the Grinch that's going to steal Christmas. I think it's beautiful when you drive around homes and they got lights up everywhere. I think it's awesome. I think it's great to put up your Christmas tree, you know, and all that stuff. I'm not, I'm not going to pour cold water on your parade, you know, nothing like that. And I live with someone who this is their favorite season, favorite time of the year, so I'm not saying that. Um, um, it's, it's obvious, amen. And uh, we did our first, we walk, every time it snows, we do, I, I, I commit to her that I'll walk in the snow, the first snowfall. And um, so I was being a gentleman, bringing her to the front of the store that we were going to. She goes, no, 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 don't, don't do that. It's the first snowfall. So we're going to walk in it and consider this our first walk in the snow. I said, all right, baby girl. So we did it. You know what I mean? I'm walking and it's so beautiful. So I'm not trying to steal, you know, your thunder. But we have to, as a church, make sure that we don't allow consistency to rob us of God's greatness. Because what had happened was the original purpose of this song made its way because of consistency into now the lyrics of which we sing. And we don't even know if it's even a Christmas song or not. We just sing it, not knowing the origin of it. And that's great when it's some innocent thing, but the enemy will hide himself in consistency. Mm -hmm. Yes, he will. He'll hide himself in consistency. And what he means, he'll keep doing the same thing over and over again in your life. The same thing over and over again in your life. And so every cultural thing the church is battling is because the world was consistent. They didn't change. They were consistent. They were consistent. I remember I read an article. I was, I was trying to find this article again, but I remember I read this article. They were talking about the, the homosexual movement. And I, I think this was when I read the article, the guy said when it first started, um, it says you cannot come out of the gate like that. You will lose the battle every time. He said, you just got to slowly just beat the drum. Just slowly beat the drum. Be consistent. Come on. Just be consistent. And is the interest in taking a principle that's revealing the word of God about being consistent. And the church loses their consistency because we no longer believe this is the word of God anymore. So we, we get out of rhythm. So, boop, 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 where they're just consistent. He says, give it time, give it time, give it time. To now where it's infiltrated the church because of consistency. And now the debate is over between why you haters. It has nothing to do with hating. It's that they were consistent. We have to confront it now. And so it's important that we remain consistent in our belief systems. So when I talk about Christmas, we have to make sure that we keep Christ in Christmas. I've been teaching this on Wednesdays. It's not for the companies to do it. Praise God if they do that. But it's the church. We must be consistent in understanding what it is that God wants us to declare. Are you with me so far? Are you with me so far? So prayerfully, by the time we finish this Sunday, next Sunday, when you say the word, let it snow, you will understand the character of God. And I'm going to be bold and say, I believe prophetically, here's what God wants us to understand when he says, let it snow. Let it snow. It's not about a Christmas song. It's about God's character and his promise to a nation and to a people that would acknowledge him and be consistent throughout the entire life. Consistently trust God. I didn't say it was easy. I said, be consistent. I didn't say there won't be challenges. I'm just saying be consistent in worshiping and praising God. And so here it is now that, that we look at this, this text and it says, let it snow. So I'm not talking about the song. I'm going to share with you what I believe to be something really important about the character of God. Someone shout, God, God. You, are you are creator. 
that's foundational to being consistent. It's foundational to understand that if he is creator then, then everything that follows after that is vital to my life and my success. Are you with me? So every decision I make, every relationship decision I make, every decision I make about my finance, every decision, if you just declared a minute ago that he is creator, then every decision is connected to him being creator. Because Satan, believe it or not, and you should believe this, is not a creator. So there's no competition between God and Satan for who can create. What he is, he's consistent. He says he was a liar from the beginning. Come on. And he's the father of lies. So every time he opens up his mouth, you know he's lying because he's consistently a liar. But when we look at the creator, God says, let God be true. And every other man, eh? So if you're going to have friends who are going to help you to get into the presence of God, they got to speak of God as creator and be consistent with God and his ability to create. And so in the midst of Job's friends, looking at everything that was taking place, they looked to the heavens. And he says here, let it snow. Let it snow. And so when we take a look at this particular text, what we miss, and I was guilty of this, and I shared this with Megan, I said, honey, I confess to you, um, it is interesting that when you have to study the word of God, and here's, write this down, when you study the word of God, it brings transformation. Write that down. When you study the word of God, it brings transformation. I'll sit over this side. When you study the word of God, it brings transformation. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to study the word. Because the word of God is what brings transformation. So if you're consistently studying the word of God, it'll bring transformation in your life. That's why we must become students of the word. So watch this. So all this time, because I was born in Jamaica where it was hot. And I moved to Canada and all the snow that's there... I'm like, babe, winter's just not my favorite season. It's cold. I don't like it. And studying for this message, when we finally agreed as a creative team, let's do snow, and Megan was doing cartwheel in the conference room, I said, I got to study and get a word about snow. I can't have people come and we just put snow up there and we don't actually give them a word that we can walk away consistently hearing God's word, right? It's not just a theme up there. We actually want God's presence here. We don't speak a theme because we have nothing else to do. We pray and say, God, speak to us. What do you want your people to know? And he says, tell them, let it snow. And so I said, I'm so sorry. I didn't understand the power behind snow. So, so I said, I repent because in studying this, I was now transformed. And I'm hurried. I was transformed. So let's go over to the reason why I didn't really embrace the season. It's because, ready for this? The first point is we have a problem with snow. Uh, we have a problem with snow. Because here's why. Because here's why. Snowstorm. I'm amazed um, that when we now have the app that gives us our weather, it could be three days away that this is a snowstorm's coming and we change our behavior. Just three days away. We're already planning if we're going to be going to this. We're already planning if this activity is going to happen. It hasn't even come yet. It was just in the forecast. Isn't it like the enemy? It hasn't even come yet. But he shows you the forecast. And we start changing our behavior over a forecast. But when you understand that God is creator, you say, let it snow. And so a snow, a snow storm, and so when it comes, it just changes everything, doesn't it? It changes when you're going to shop. It changes how you're going to drive. A snowstorm changes the conditions because a snowstorm has the ability to bring casualties. And so we don't want casualties. And so therefore, we look at snow and we have a problem with it because it changes our condition but someone say let it snow let it snow snow. so i had a problem with it because i'm like man it's a snowstorm it's a snowstorm can i confess the reason why pastors have an issue with snowstorms we don't mind it snowing monday to saturday but if it snows on a sunday (laughs) come on come on come on let me let let me move on i'll I'll, I'll get to that part because (laughs) 
Because if it snows on a Sunday, I'm not leaving my house because of the conditions outside. It doesn't matter what the conditions are in your house. Come on. I can't get to God's house. Because God, you know that it's a snowstorm. So my condition is not as important as a condition outside. Mm -hmm. So I'll just be satisfied in these quarters as opposed to going there. Now, before I get an email or you say, what's going on? I'm not saying endanger yourself. I'm simply saying that when a snowstorm comes, it changes how you look at things. That's all I'm saying. It changes things. So we have a problem with, with, with snow. Uh, let me move on. And so now we have the second thing called snow emergency because of a snowstorm. When we first came to, uh, to Bucyrus and we were uh, youth pastors, and uh, so we're ready to go, to go and teach the teens. And all of a sudden we got a phone call. Um, church is canceled. I'm like, for what? What well, did you hear? It's it a level one. I said, what in the world is a level one? <laughs> well, a level one is when it's a, it's a snow emergency in the county. It's a what? I said, babe, let's go, look outside. It's like it's, it's just, I'm like, oh my gosh. Man, we walk in snowbanks this high. I'm like, this is, this is. And he says, oh my gosh, wait, wait till a level three. I'm like, level three? What was a level three? Um, a level three brings you, see, see, a snowstorm changes your condition. Write that down. But a snow emergency, a level three, confines you. That if you leave your place of safety, quote-unquote, you can get a ticket, I was told. Because only emergency service are allowed to be on the road. I figured, I, I figured, uh, uh, I, I figured, saving people's soul, isn't that an emergency? So as believers, we should be able to be on the road, right? Because it's an emergency. So it can find you. It can find you. And so finally after that, we have snow days off. Snow days off. And this is where ever Danny and especially Lizzie, they would see the forecast coming. And they'd be like, I hope school's closed. 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 And they're given only a certain amount of snow days off. And after that, they will have to make up the, the, the time. So we do have a problem with snow. We, we, we do. And so if you're at the position in your life where you can be a snowbird, you just take off. Problem solved. I'm just going to get out of here where the snow is. Um, so when I looked at that, I was like, okay, God, speak to me. And he's saying, um, well, let me, let, let me first share with you the science of, of snow. And I'm going I'm to get into this. I'm going to get into this. So please just go on this journey with me. Um, snow, and I'm quoting, is formed when temperatures are low and there's moisture in the atmosphere in the form of tiny ice crystals. Here is Job's friend speaking now about the atmosphere. And they're saying the scientific reason. So we know that there is a God. But he's saying, he's saying heaven, the atmosphere, this is what's going on. He says the snow is coming and he's saying it's because of, of, of the of the atmosphere that forms tiny ice crystals listen to me I want you to understand this that that when Adam sinned he brought in a cursed system into this earth the one thing though that remained consistently was work stay with me watch this now was work and so we now see that because of what Adam did and bringing another system, a system that's governed by fear. Are you with me? A system that's governed by fear. We need another system or a kingdom that comes and rules over this system. Let me expand this. So the things we do, we are governed by either the system of the world or by the kingdom of God. So how we look to the heavens and the atmosphere will determine which system or which kingdom we're going to live under. 
Because one system will show you snowstorm and will show you a snow emergency and will have snow days off. But there's another system, a kingdom, oh God, that sees the atmosphere of God. That he knows that this kingdom is more powerful than this system in this earth. And if we live in this system, kingdom system, we'll get a revelation of God as, as, as creator. As God as creator. Okay? So, 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 in 1885, this guy named Wilson Bentley, he did something. He attached a camera to a microscope and took the first pictures ever of a snow crystal. And during his lifetime, during his lifetime I'm calling, he captured over 5,000 images of snow crystals and snowflakes. And I love what he called them. He says they are tiny miracles of beauty. And ice flowers. Ice flowers. They are tiny miracles of beauty. So when we look to the heavens, come on, and we see the display of God, I believe Psalm says, oh, if the, the, the earth shows the glory and the goodness of God. And if we want to be able to just see the bigness of God, just look to the heavens. Come on. Just from a scientific, we're not even getting to scripture yet or the spirit. Just from a scientific perspective, we can look to the heavens. And you have to say, there is a creator. Let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. There is a creator. And he has his hands over your life. Now what's interesting with this, and this is what I really got from this whole thing, is this. Here's the point. Here's the point. That in the biblical time, their economy was agriculture. It wasn't technology or industry driven like it is now. It was agriculture. So they worked the farm. They worked the land. Genesis 3, 8, Genesis chapter 8, excuse me, verse 22. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat. Summer, winter, day and night shall not cease. So here's a system that God instructed uh, Noah, and this is how things would be. So their profession was agriculture. That's what they did. And so there were two seasons. That's all in Israel. There's two seasons. Not four like we have. There's only two. There was summer and there was winter. The two seasons that they had. And summer was a time for you to be outdoors and you were to do labor and you were to do all the things that were necessary, right, for your harvest. And that's what they did. But then when the winter season came, look how God looks at things compared to us. We are constantly busy all the time. We are busy people every single time. There is not a season where we're not busy. We're constantly doing things. Now, I'm not saying it's, it, you know, it's wrong to be busy. What I'm saying is though, that if all you do is just activity and you're not accomplishing anything, you're wasting energy, you're wasting resources that God wants you to use for something else. So it's not just about being busy. It's about accomplishing God's purpose. It's about work. Someone say work. So watch this now. So from a natural perspective, right, they would spend all their summer, they would put the seed in, they would harvest, they would do everything that was, they would bring the harvest, and then they would come inside because it was cold outside and it would snow. And so what that did for them was it caused them, ready for this? It forced them, it made them now have to live in a place of rest and reflection. They had to move from the busyness, watch this, To being productive and receiving the bounty. Remember? You're a gift to somebody. So they would take their gift in the summertime and they would labor in their gift. Whatever your hands fit to do, they would labor in it. God would prosper them. Why? Because he was creator. They were honoring God. He would prosper the land. They would receive the bounty. They had the bounty. And guess what they did in the the wintertime? They would go inside and they would reflect and they would talk about, oh, I'm blessed in the bounty. So summer, excuse me, winter was a time of rest and reflection and so we need to have a season I'm going to say it's unaccountable but there needs to be a season in your life where you rest and you reflect on the blessings and the bounty of God in your life if you're not taking time to rest and reflect on the blessings of God you are missing an opportunity for God to refresh you and to show you that he's creator of your life and that he will always provide for you can someone say amen God wants us to rest and to reflect why? because I'm a gift to somebody 
I'm going to work with my hands. I'm going to use my gift. And after you've given yourself, God says, I don't want you to burn out. I want you to find a place. You're so busy that we're getting burnt out. And he says, no, no, no. In the midst of buying your gifts and and buying your groceries and get everything ready for Christmas. He says, no, really, the purpose of December 25th is for you to come and just to rest and reflect on Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. It's time to just rest in the presence and in the power of God because what what, what Job needed was a revelation and you can't get revelation if you're always busy in over here you will miss God let me slow down so you can get this if you want revelation it comes in the rest and in the reflecting on God as creator not over here being so busy all the time let it snow so we will stop being busy <laughs> and we can come over here and reflect on the goodness of God I said, oh my goodness, Lord, that's it. He says, yeah. He says, yeah. And so here they were explaining. They were saying, this is the time that we reflect. He says, even the animal kingdom understands this. That when it's cold, they go into their den and they rest. They rest. They rest. Now, it's important that we get snow because it's what regulates the temperature in the earth. So there's a reason why we have snow. There's a reason why we have snow. But in Psalms 147, verse 16 to 18, listen to what the psalmist says that he tacks upon what, what Job 37 says. Psalms 147, verse 16 and 18 says, ready for this? He gives snow like wool. He scatters frost like ashes. Verse 17, he hurls down, he hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? Ready for this? This is it now. Verse 18, are you there? I want you to get to verse 18. Are we at verse 18? He sent out his what? He sent out his word and melt them. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. So what he's saying is that is that there is a time of when there is snow on the mountains and and it's needed because when he sends his word, his promise, his word comes out and that same snow fills the rivers and the reservoirs that are needed for you to go back in summer to do your work. In other words, God's got you covered in every season. Oh, come on. He's got you covered in every season. So if you're only excited about the summer season and you don't get excited about the winter season, you lack resource that God has for you. Someone said, let it snow. Because when he sends his word and it melts, come on, it fills those places that were dry. Come on, in your life. Come on, even though the brook dries up, God was going to speak a word. Go to Zarephath. Because I have a woman, a widow woman who's going to sustain you. Elijah, I'm the God in the good times and I'm the God in the dry times. I don't want you to go to, 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 to Jezebel. I don't want you to go to a system that's broken. I'm the one that told you it's not going to rain. A drought, there's an emergency. The conditions that the words. But here comes the prophet when God says, now it's going to rain. He opens it and says, I see it's going to rain. And, and the servants, I don't see it. He goes, go look again. I don't see it. Go look again. I don't see it. Go look again. Come on, somebody. You got to keep looking because God as creator, you got to keep looking. You have to keep looking. Don't you make the conditions on the outside. Try to take away what God said to you on the inside because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. When the devil tries to tell you it's not happening, God saying, look again. Look again. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, look again. Come on. I'm about to be transformed right in front of you. Come on, somebody. Where you see me now is not where I am staying. Look again. Don't you know that God's doing a work in my life? Don't you know that God is transforming? He's the God of every season of my life. My God, I feel him in this place. I'm going to rest and reflect on the goodness of God. Someone said, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Mm, he sends his word he sends his word he sends his word he sends his word oh someone needs a word this morning come on he's sending his word come on I know you feel like you're frozen I'm not talking about the Disney movie come on somebody but let it snow let it go let it go no I'm saying let it snow not let it go let it snow let it snow 
so he says that he melts this is the creator god in the dry places you're sitting at home resting and you sit at home and you're reflecting and things are dried up things are frozen but god is saying there's coming a season come on because you're a gift to somebody there is coming a season i set my word and i'm melting the snow and it's going to fill those dry places i'm here to tell you that someone needs the holy spirit because that is what fills those dry places you need the holy spirit come on to fill you someone say fill me lord with your holy spirit with your holy spirit fill me fill me so let me leave you with this now if we look at the problem of snow let's look at the purpose of snow keep that in your mind he says he sent his word isaiah 55 isaiah 55 now this is probably undignified so i don't want you to do this but it's tempting that when the snow comes, you ever see kids and they have their mouth open like this? Come on, come on, ready? I want you just to, to do that. Open up your mouth like that and just like... Come on. See, because when you understand, let it snow, you open up your mouth. Come on, somebody. Because, oh, y'all missed that. Come on. Come on. When he knows, says, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. You have your mouth open like this, just catching the snow. Each one is unique. Come on. So every time God drops a revelation, it's unique. Come on. Every time you get a bite into God's word. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I mean, the, 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 we're told that snow, snowflakes are when they collide together. Come on. And they get thick enough that they fall to the ground. We need somebody to come together. Come on, somebody. Knowing the beauty of God as creator. And when you collide, not because you're in argument, you're colliding because you're saying one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand to flight. That when you come together and you collide, you fall to the ground, not in surrender, but in adoration, saying, God, you are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be magnified. Open up your mouth and receive a word from God. So in Isaiah 55, he's speaking to a nation. He tells them, hey, listen, nation. You're not living up to your potential. He tells this nation, he's showing his character. And he's showing that he's created. And he's telling them, you're not living to your potential. And he goes now and he shows them the revelation of it. In Isaiah 55, verse 10 and verse 11. If we start from verse 1, watch it says, Everyone who thirsts comes to the waters. Listen to me, TGP. The waters he's talking about from a natural perspective was from the, what was melted, come on, and would fill the rivers or the rain that would come down and would fill it. And he said, come to the natural, but he's going to take him on this journey to the supernatural. God knows your natural needs as well. And so he leads you, he takes you, that's why miracles, come on, healing and deliverance are things that God knows that you need. He's preaching to the crowd and he says, he says, hey, feed them. The disciples, watch this, in their system, says, send them away because we don't have any resources. Jesus says, no, you feed them. You are the gift to them. You feed them. Come on. Don't send them away. They may get weary and, and, and die and say God can't provide. You feed them. He says, but what do we have with just this little? He says, give it to this system. Give it to this system. And he looks up to heaven. He says, break the limitation. Oh, God. My word. Break the limitation. And he says, now give it to the people and they multiply. There's some of you here right now that God wants to give you things. To feed the people with your gift. But we still have systems of withholding. Systems that's holding us back. Failures from our past. Come on. Areas of life we won't surrender to God. Things that we know God's asked us to do. Fear, whatever it might be. But God wants you to take your gift. And you are a gift to somebody. Someone's crying out, let it snow. And God's like, I'm trying to get it to you. I'm trying to get it to you. But it has to come through you and I. That's how God's designing. And so he says to them, and you have no money, come by and eat. Come by. That's what we're supposed to be about. That's what we're supposed to use our resources for. He's saying, come by with money. Remember I told them money's the lowest form of currency in the kingdom? He's telling them right now, he says, listen, come and buy without money, without cause. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself 
in abundance. He's talking about this work. He's saying this is what you need to do. He's getting this nation to understand him as creator. And it's from that context now, he gets over here and he says, okay, let me now bring it home to you. He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts in verse 8. Your ways are not my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, oh, so are my ways higher than your ways. He says, you can't do it your way. Your system won't work. You will constantly live in an emergency state constantly, consistently, if you do it that way. He says, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Now, he doesn't want your thoughts to be his thoughts. He does. He's saying, you're so far away from me in your thinking because, see, see, sin limits you from receiving the abundance of God. Write that down. Sin puts a restraint around you from receiving the abundance that God has for you. And God is really about wanting you to receive everything that he has. And he's building this up now. He's building up. And now he gets to this verse. And he says, for as the rain and the snow come down from heaven. The first time it was Job's friends who was making this character uh, assessment. Here it is now the prophet is saying. The same prophet that wrote, uh, uh, you know, Isaiah 7.14. The same prophet that we're going to talk about Christmas. He's saying right here, now watch this. He's saying to this nation, he's saying, For as the rain and the snow comes from where? Comes down from heaven. Comes down from heaven. So the purpose of snow is ready for this. Write this down. It's provision. It's provision. The reason why we seek after purpose is because within purpose you find provision. So in other words, if God's called you to do something, talk, talk to the anointed ladies in the back there. If God has called you ladies to do something, seek the purpose, not the provision. Because when you find the purpose, you'll find the provision. If you chase after the purpose, you will make, sorry, the provision, you can make that an idol. And you will think you'll never have enough and you'll continually then make what, God to- you make what God told you to become an idol because you didn't serve God, you served the gold. And so it's important that we understand is purpose. You want to know purpose because in purpose, provision is available. And so he says, this is it. He says, this is the purpose of why snow. Someone said, let it snow. He continue, and he gives them a lesson in, 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 in meteorology. He gives them a lesson in how things work. He says, it does not return without watering the earth. Oh, you got to read that. I got two more minutes. The snow, the snow, Ali, that comes down from heaven. The prophet said, it does not return without fulfilling what it's been designed to do. That's in the natural the natural, the snow. When we go out there and we're saying, please let it snow, you're saying the snow, it's, it's coming from heaven, the, it's coming from heaven, right? Or the atmosphere or the moisture in the air, whatever the science wants to say. But I'm telling you spiritually, it comes down and it doesn't return empty. It doesn't return void. It has a purpose. And the purpose is it provides, according to science, and it regulates the temperature of the earth's surface. And that's as far as scientists can go. That's all it does. That's all they know. We go deeper. Because the text continues. It would have been okay if you just gave us a science lesson right there. But he says, nope, it's not just about science, it's about the scripture. Because I just told you to buy from me things without money or without cost. I gave you supernatural instructions, now i got to provide for you supernatural provision. And so he goes on and he says, because, because the natural things that happen, you use your own resources to get it. But he's saying now, what I'm about to move you into, someone say, move me, Lord. He's about to shift you to a dimension that natural things can't handle. Come on, somebody. So it's not about just natural things. It's about the spiritual things that God has. And so when you say, let it snow, you're not just talking about the song that was written in 1945. You're not just talking about the climate outside. You're talking about a deeper revelation that comes from God. Because I am a gift to somebody. I'm a gift. And so it says provision. And what does it do? There's five things. Five things. The number of grace. Five things that the snow and the rain does from heaven. Ready? It waters the earth. Number two, it makes it bring forth. It waters the earth. It makes it. Oh, God. It has to do it. So the snow comes down. It waters the earth. Look at the consistency. It has to happen. It has to I'm not... It waters the earth. It makes it bring forth. And it makes it sprout. It gives seed to the sower. Come on. 
and it gives bread to the eater. These are the five things that snow and rain does in the natural. You got that so far? It does these things. And so he doesn't stop there. He continues on and he says this now, right? Just like rain and snow are important to life on earth, he now shifts it. Someone say, shift me, Lord. And he says, now the word is important to eternity. Oh, gosh. And he begins and says, so will my word be which goeth forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire. And without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. For you will go out with joy and be led forth with Peace, the mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Let me launch you out in this. See, he says that so is my word that goes, that goes forth from my mouth. From my mouth. So when it's snowing, you have your mouth open because it's mouth to mouth. We say, oh God. It's what comes out of God's mouth. Comes into your mouth. So that when you speak as a gift, you're speaking God's words. And you can be assured that it's accomplishing what God said it's going to do. Because here's the next thing. The purpose of snow is not just for provision. It's to remind you of God's promise. And how we need to know in the winter season, when we are resting and we are reflecting, how we need to know that God is faithful even in the cold seasons of our lives. It's one thing when the weather is nice and you go outside, but is God still faithful in the cold season? When I get cold shoulder from family and friends, people I thought were with me, and I'm having cabin fever because I'm locked up. In this season. And God wants you to recognize and to know that there is a purpose for it. There's a purpose for it. He said in Matthew chapter 4, Men should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So when we tell you to open your mouth, it's because I'm letting you know it's beginning to snow. God's provision and God's promise is connected to the purpose of snow. So here's what we need to do now. Psalms 148, verse 7 to 8. I want you to go with me real quick. Psalms 148, verse 7 and 8. Glory to your name, Jesus. When Pastor Tim spoke on Sunday, he was talking about greatness. I believe it was the prophetic word for our church and for all those who are listening. That God is about to shower us with his blessing. And he wants us to be prepared for greatness. That we will have a, a sense of humility and honor and trust God for what he's going to do through you and I. Someone say, I'm a gift. I'm a gift. I'm a gift. So Psalms 148 verse 7, 8. Do we have it on the screen? Let me read that to you real quick. Actually, let's start from verse 1. That's a good verse. Psalms 148, verse 1. Um, it begins, and it's an action verse. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all stars of light. Praise him, highest heaven. And the waters that are above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded. And they were created. That's the God you and I serve. That's the creator. He commanded and they were created. That's how powerful his word is. And when you and I know purpose. It automatically gives birth to praise. When you come in contact with purpose. You have to open your mouth and give God praise. Because the sun and the moon, guess what they are? They're consistent. Oh, come on. 
Just because the clouds may cover it, it's consistent the sun is going to rise. Oh, I'm going to preach this thing in my next three minutes I got. That the sun and the moon consistently praise God because at his command they were created. I'm governed by a system. Oh, God. That when I hear the voice, I got to stay in order. It doesn't matter if the clouds come. I'm going to consistently rise because I was commanded to rise. And so when you read Psalms 148, you think it was a quiet thing when they were reading the Psalms. You think worship is is, is, like David when he was undignified. You have to understand that these angels, they worship God because they see him as creator. And they weren't even made in our likeness and in our image. And the son wasn't made in God's likeness and God's image. And here you and I are made in the likeness of God's image. Come on. We ought to open up our mouth and tell the son, you can't outpraise me if you're going to be consistent because of the command of God I'm going to be even more consistent come on somebody I'm going to open up my mouth and I'm going to praise God whether I see the sun or not I see the son of God and I'm going to give God some praise and glory I'm going to give him praise and glory praise the Lord it's not a Pentecostal thing Praise the Lord is not a Baptist thing. Praise the Lord is not a, a Presbyterian thing. Praise the Lord is not a Catholic thing. Praise the Lord is a creative thing. Come on, somebody. It is God saying, when you understand that I'm creator, you will open up your mouth and you will give me praise. You will exalt and you will magnify me. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He says, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which will not pass away. Verse 7, praise the Lord from the earth. Sea monsters and all deeps. Fire and hail. Ready? Snow and clouds. Stormy winds. And this is where we're going to end. Doing what? Fulfilling. Come on. Come on. Come on, let it snow. Because that is the fulfillment of God's provision and God's promise in the dry, frozen season where all you're doing is relaxing and reflecting and getting revelation from God. Let it snow. So I'll stop plowing the earth. And I will start praising the creator of the earth. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to pray for you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Praise his name right now. Go ahead and praise him. Praise him for his word. Josephine, we, we, went, we went to Hobby Lobby. We were trying to get some bags that had let it snow in it. And I'm still trying to find them because what I want to do to illustrate this message, I want to get every one of you a bag that says let it snow. And every time you get a promise from God, I want you to take that and just drop it in like it's snowing into that bag. You can also let us know another promise from God because all God's promises are yes and amen. So we welcome the snow, not because we have a problem with it. We know the purpose of it. Oh, God. And if you live in a place where it never snows, I encourage you to go move, drive. Take a vacation. Go visit. Rest, relax in the place that's no so you can see God's creative power. What he wants to do. I know about you, but make, we've been believing God for promises to come to pass. And I'm going to start saying, God, let it snow. Let it snow. Let it snow. If that's you this morning and you're believing God for a promise, and you know the purpose, you know the purpose. I want you to talk to people now and say, let it snow. I don't care. Like, there's no snow there. No, you understand. Where I live, there's snow. I live in the promise of God. I live in the promise of God.
Wow, we are shifting, we are changing stuff right now. We are, our praise is shifting and changing things right now. If you desire prayer and you're believing God for, um, to do great things in your life, I, I want you to come. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pray and, and release you right now, but, um, uh, yes, Lord Jesus, come on. Come on. So is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return void. It will not return void. Jesus' name. Let me leave this final thought with you. Um, now when I drive, I mean when I go to, you know, drive through or I'm at a, at a place of a, a business and I'm transacting business with them, I first say to them, Merry Christmas. I say, Merry Christmas. Here's why you need to start doing that. Because some employees are told by the company they can't say it. But if you will keep crying, oh and if you say it first, and they can say it. They said to me first. And so you can say it. And as I've been doing it, it's amazing. People are like, happy holiday. I'm like, no, Merry Christmas. They're like, oh, thank you. Merry Christmas. I'm like, I'm onto something here. They're waiting for us to say, are you a gift to somebody? Yeah. So tell them now. Not just Merry Christmas. Tell them, let it snow. Let it snow that God's fulfilling this promise in your life. Kind and gracious God, we love you so much. We thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for your precious people, Lord God, that received this word today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come. I want you to come. Stop fighting God. Stop fighting his purpose for your life. I want you to come. Let me pray with you and share with you the word of God that can change your life that can change your life so Father bless your people right now as we give you thanks and we give you praise in the name of Jesus someone shall let it snow because God knows he knows exactly what you need you provide the provision and the promise God bless you it's an honor to, to um have you here, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Amen. Greet someone in the joy of the Lord, and uh, praise the Lord. Amen.